This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. The topic for today is going to be the nature of grace and an admission to some of my faults as a human being. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. I think I'm going to start this particular episode off with um, an admission of my faults as uh, one of my biggest faults as a, a human being. And that fault is, is I tend to forget I'm, I, for those of you who may be new to this podcast, I'm a firm believer in divine providence as outlined by Father D. Kassad. And I haven't completely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I haven't completely um, taken in internalized, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, internalized the concept of a divine providence. I would like to think I understand it well enough. I've been given the grace to understand it well enough, but I haven't internalized all the lessons that are necessary yet. And I hope and pray with time that that will change and the reason I'm bringing this up is, is because I tend to get impatient when there, there's a couple areas where I tend to get impatient. The first area where I tend to get impatient is when people that, whether out of their own weakness, weaknesses or their sins, you know, um, act like they're, you know, they're the smartest person in the room and yet they can't see the things that I can see that are, that are to me, that are plain as the nose on my face. And that's not fair for two reasons. The first reason is it's lack of charity. Um, I'm no saint. I've got my own spiritual stuff that I'm going through. Um, if somebody's acting arrogant and prideful, it's it's they ultimately have to answer for that, but I shouldn't allow it to frustrate me. 
Because this is human nature. This is who human beings are. And so I should try harder to be a little more charitable. And the the second part to this is, is some people... There's actually a third part, but let me do the second one first. The second part is, is that some people are truly ignorant. Once again, as a matter of charity, um, you know, um, people, Lord willing, of course, will come to the truth through divine providence. But, you know, um, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting into what I want to talk about later. So I'm going to shelve that aspect. And, and the third aspect is, is divine providence. Um, one of the, the aspects of divine providence is, is that, um, just as we are all individuals, God deals with us as individuals. So we come to the truth. And when I say the truth, I'm talking about the only truth in our own time and in our own ways. And when I say divine providence, if any Protestants, or for that matter, um, Calvinists, Jansenists, or um, Fenites are listening, don't get this twisted. When I say divine providence, I'm talking about God's foreknowledge. So I don't want anyone getting what I'm saying twisted. Oh, people are predestined for for heaven. And those who aren't are evil reprobates who God condemned to hell before he even made them. Don't get that twisted. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, and I I don't want to get in the weeds with the theology of Calvinism or any of that garbage, because that's what it is. It's garbage. God has foreknowledge. Now, there are certain instances that he does predestinate. He definitely predestinated his blessed mother. It could be no other way. It could be no other way. But because God is who he is, um, he, he foreknows, you know, people who will accept his grace, who will be obedient to it and who will last to the, you know, to their death. And so When I'm talking about divine providence, I'm saying, you know, God knows when the the people who 
And by the way, as I'm speaking, even if you think I'm full of garbage, if God foresees that in the future that you will accept his grace, and then the light bulb clicks on and you go, oh, that's what he was talking about. That's exactly what I mean by foreknowledge. You know, and Lord only knows how many people who may stumble across these episodes over my two platforms or two podcasts and they the light bulb clicks on and they accept the grace. Not to mention the path that they take after they accept the grace. Now, I've already confessed to this. I'm not sure if it was on this podcast channel or my original one, but Another thing that I'm guilty of is I take for granted, and I do take them for granted, the literal graces that our Lord and His Blessed Mother have given me throughout my life to get me here. And they were literal graces. And... Uh, when, when I say graces, I, I believe in the episode where I talked about this, it was literally divine intervention at least three times that I'm aware of. Three times our Lord and his mother had intervened in my life directly to kind of move me along the path that they wanted me to go on. And once again, this goes back to me not only just taking these things for granted, but also forgetting that we're all individuals. My path is meant for a certain um, a certain end goal for our, for our Lord and His Blessed Mother, and other people are going to take other paths to reach whatever end goal that our Lord and His Blessed Mother want them to reach. Now, having made this confession, I'm going to get a little more in detail what I mean by um, divine providence and, and graces. Before I get started into this, be before I get into a deeper explanation, if you are unaware, you know, if you are absolutely unaware that God deals with us as individuals, you, if this sounds like something I'm making up or if this sounds, you know, heretical to you or whatever, I would invite you to pray on it. I would invite you to pray on it before you dismiss it because um i am sincerely convinced this is the case the old cliche that every person is as individual as a snowflake is true 
just because it may be a cliche doesn't mean it doesn't have a basis of truth in it. Basically, to me, a cliche is something that is true, but it it gets uh, abused and overused. Now, if we are willing to accept that God made us as individuals, then we are not a cookie-cutter template as human beings. In other words, our life's paths do not obviously take the same trajectory. Some people start out um, very sinful and God grants them graces and they become saints. By the way, I'm not claiming you know, that that's the issue with me. I'm just saying there are literal saints who started off as uh, very sinful individuals. There are other people who were born into the one correct faith, the one true faith, I should say, and had every privilege and grace granted to them. Good parents, good environment. And for whatever reason, they they reject this, the, the graces they've been given. And when I say this, I'm not necessarily saying that they um, turn around and become, you know, complete and utter reprobates, although some do. Some stay in the one true faith, but their, their love is either grows either lukewarm or cold, and they end up going through the motions. It just depends on the individual. And it depends on what how God made you as an individual. And so, obviously, you know, and see, here's the thing where I think a lot of people get the worldly conception um, messed up with this, is they forget that genetics, environment, upbringing, circumstances, everything that goes into an individual's life are not random. They're not chance. You know, it, it's a shame that a lot of people who consider themselves followers of Jesus Christ and his blessed mother still think that somehow genetics is somehow removed from God's divine providence. That somehow uh, your, your ancestry the your talents, your flaws, um, the gifts you've been given, everything that goes into your life are somehow or another, this is just random chance. 
Oh, this is just the way things were. No. No. Everything that made you who you are and what you will ever become are all through divine providence. In other words, when God made you the way he it, the way he did, he intended you for a certain purpose. Okay? For a certain purpose and for a certain end goal. And because he is God and he has foreknowledge, he knows those who accept his graces and take the path that he has set for them and those who either don't accept the graces or somehow or another get sidetracked. Now, just if if you accept his graces, but somehow or another, you end up taking a different path than what God intended you, I don't want you to to think that somehow or another that this is going to condemn you to hell. If you are in a state of grace and you die, even if you didn't if you follow God's will imperfectly, as long as you die in a state of grace, uh, that is what purgatory is for. To purify you so that you can get into heaven. Now any any Catholic and when I say Catholic, I'm talking true Catholic. Uh, worth their salt should understand that the only people who go to hell are people who die in mortal sin. And for you Protestants and Vatican II types, that includes mortal sin rejecting his truth. Okay, so you can hate the message all you want to. Um, the truth is the truth. So you got to take it for what it's worth. And part of um, our destinies or the, the path that God wants us to take Part of that is, is, as I said earlier, God gives us certain graces. And because there are over, I think at last count, 7 billion human beings, different people are granted different graces in different degrees. But the graces and gifts that we are granted, blessings, like intelligence, strength, you know, the uh, even even the uh, the virtues that we have um, vary from person to person. Even amongst the saints, it varied from person to person. To my longtime listeners, I'm sure you remember the episodes, the several episodes where I talked about. God even has favorites. He favors some saints over other saints. And obviously, he, 
he absolutely loves his blessed mother above all, all people. That is why she's called the Queen of Saints, the Queen of Angels. She, he loves her above all other people, but he does have his favorite saints. And I don't, I don't want to speculate why this is. I, I don't want to speculate because, you know, I'm not theologically or spiritually mature to even want to hazard my own uh, hunch on that particular issue. For me, it's enough to know that it is in traditional Catholic teaching that he favors some saints over others. That's good enough for me. And um, Lord willing, if I'm able to make it to heaven and God deigns to give me the knowledge about that, he will do so. But for right now, my goal, <laughs> you know, my, my main priority is to um, make myself is acceptable to God on earth that I can so that I can get into heaven, that I can be a obedient and willing instrument of his will. But everybody, to certain degrees, you know, they're granted different graces um, and different... Uh, different uh, physical, mental gifts. And that even includes our sins. You know, God gives us different trials and tribulations. Um, and it is up to us to cooperate with His grace in order to um, receive the graces necessary to overcome our sins, venial and mortal. And we all take different paths. Once again, as individuals, we all take different paths. Now, obviously, with 8 billion people on the planet, or 7, take your pick, different people may have similar paths, uh, different outcomes, or maybe even the same outcomes that they, they might have had uh, the similar similar uh, paths but due to um, variations of the person even even if they if they if they had similar paths and they come to the same the same uh, goal or that's not quite right. The, the same end that God's divine providence wanted them in, there are going to be variations 
They might be similar, but there's going to be some differences. And if a person um, has a uh, the same path, but they don't accept the graces, and they end up, you know, uh, two of the two different people who follow the same path and end up failing and going to hell. They too, they're going to have um, similar paths, but there are going to be variations in those paths. But my point in bringing this up is everybody is going to have some variations. No path that people take is going to be the same as another person. And I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that it's the same with the saints. And I do realize that some um, some of the saints' uh, biographies talk about how some saints, you know, they from from infants they 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 showed signs of sainthood well even in of of itself the if you read the stories of the saints even if they showed signs of sainthood as infants those two saints got to where they were at they 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 took divergent paths they might have they might have shown saintly you know saintliness as infants but they took divergent paths which is why different saints represent different um occupations or um different you know illnesses graces whatever So there's when when God deals with human beings there is no cookie cutter approach and you know whether whether we make it to heaven or we end up going to hell each per- person's journey is is going to be different it may be in in the broad outlines, it may be the same, but in key in in key uh, areas, it's going to be different. And I guess what I'm trying to say in my long winded way is is that um we we got to treat people as individuals. One of the biggest issues that we have as moderns is we we stereotype. And it's not just as moderns. Um, stereotyping has been a thing for a very long time. But in present era, in present society, um, we we tend to stereotype. And here's the thing, if you're stereotyping somebody, 
then you're not seeing them as the individual that God created them as, that, that he created them as. And not to mention the fact that if you're calling somebody a filthy degenerate or a pervert, you're, you're not seeing their... God gives everyone a chance. The crackhead, the whore, the homosexual, the child molester. And yes, I'm using that as a very, very uh, deliberate example. You don't know how their end is going to end up. Now, they may end up dying in those conditions. But you're not God and it's not up to you to judge. Now, am I saying that you need to buddy up with them and, you know, you should show them charity most definitely. And if they're in need, that's part of charity. It does not, it does not matter. And see, here's, here's where a lot of moderns get it twisted. They get self-righteous. Well, I've never been gay. Oh, I've never been a child molester. Those guys are a-holes. Well, not a-holes. They're degenerates. They're, they're uh, perverts. Well, okay, maybe you didn't commit those sins. But once again, as I've stated in the past, if you've lied, if you cheated, if you've stealed... If you've um, looked at a woman with lust in your heart, you're no better than they are in God's eyes. That's why it, throughout the New Testament, it talks about being humble and not being judgmental. Because only God knows the path that these people are going to take. Only God knows. And, it, you know, you're not, you're not God's enforcer. Which, I haven't made this disclaimer in a long while. But for, for, the, for the case of this particular episode, I'm going to make it. Everything that I talk about in my podcast, I've either been guilty of in the past or am working on right now trying to get over and um, I have to constantly remind myself on a daily basis that God is the ultimate authority and everybody on earth are his children to, to deal with as he sees fit. And I used to think that that's a relatively easy concept to grasp. Now, intellectually, it is. I don't think that anybody who understands God's nature would argue that, yeah, human beings are gods to deal with as he sees fit. But living the concept is another matter. Because one of my biggest stumbling blocks is, is um, that I, 
you know, I, I allow people's shortcomings and weaknesses to bother me personally. And I got to remind myself almost on a daily basis, I'm not God's enforcer. He don't need me. I've got, I've got more than enough to keep me occupied as far as my sins and weaknesses go without worrying about everybody, what everybody else is doing. And the reason I'm bringing this up is if you intend on getting serious with God and his blessed mother, it would behoove you to remember that as well. You're not God's gift to humanity. And for that matter, neither am I. We are all flawed. We are all failed. And the most important aspect of this concept is, is to remember that God loved us when we were at our most scummiest. And I don't care. I literally do not care if you think that you led a squeaky clean life. I don't care if you were raised set of a contest and you went to confession and you pray the rosary every day because here's a little wake-up call for you. If you think you're squeaky clean, the saints themselves, if you bothered to read their, their writings, considered themselves the most sinful of individuals. Because they realized the enormity of venial sin. And they did not even want to fall into venial sin. So unless you are the next St. Gemma Gangarni, the next Alphonsus Liguri, the next St. Louis de Montfort, or the St. John of the next St. John of the Cross, humble yourself is the best advice I can give you. You're not squeaky clean. You're not. Oh, and by the way, for you Vatican II types that think that uh uh, think that Mother Teresa of Calcutta is an actual saint. I want to remind you two things. Number one, that council was invalid. Therefore, um, unless that, that saint manifested obvious signs of God's favor, i.e. Uh, St. Padre Pio, who had the stigmata, at best, at best, you can you can say, well, if they made it to heaven, if they made it to, or I'm sorry, if they made it to purgatory, then yes, they're saints in heaven. But um, in in my uh, internet, uh perusings there have been some very troubling stories about I think her order was the Sisters of Mercy 
And some of the stories that I've heard was that they had actually, there had been rumors of child trafficking. And if not actual child trafficking, that they were selling orphans. Now, because I don't want to fall into rash judgment, I, I don't, I'm not going to claim that these are infallible facts. These are just the things that I've heard. So, I'm just giving you a little food for thought. Because St. Teresa, I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Um, Mother Teresa, not St. Teresa, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, was, was practically canonized before her death as a, a living saint. Another thing you Vatican II types need to learn is um, no saint that I'm aware of, no saint was canonized before death in the entirety of Catholic history. No saint. Um, now, don't get it twisted. There, there were saints who the people, the people um, asked for their intercession after they had died before they become became canonized, but they did not, you know, they they were not uh, they they were not treated as living saints. And Lord help me here. I think I strayed into deep waters. Um, I'm just saying there were in, in this is one absolute case because I lived within her lifetime. Um, there was the Vatican II Church literally had a PR department expressly for upplaying her sanctity and her holiness. And when I say this, um, I'm saying this as um, not as hasty judgment, or I'm sorry, rash judgment, but as a cautionary statement. Because if you read prior to Vatican II Council, if you read the history of the saints, the saints who the people lionized as saintly, they got their reputations through their actions. The Vatican itself did not need to spread stories about that particular saint who, who that particular person who later became a saint. They did not literally need to, to put out books and stories about them. Their reputation and their actions spoke for themselves. If you read the, the history of, of uh, Mother Teresa, as she's known, the Vatican, or after Vatican II, just like with Sister Faustina, they created 
for lack of a better term, of cult of personality around those two. That's something that the true Vatican, not the Vatican II imposters, but the true Vatican uh, um, church, you know, pre-Vatican II Catholicism, that's something that they never did. I, If you're Vatican II or if you're a Neotrad, I offer you this challenge. Read any saint canonized pre, you know, from, from Pope Pius XII back. Go back and read those saints and show me an instance where the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church made a cult of personality around a particular um, person who it later canonized. I challenge you to do that because I'm, I'm not, you know, there are over 2,000 saints, possibly more. I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I've yet to come across any stories where um, a person who got canonized that the Vatican had necessarily needed to, to help bolster that person's reputation. That person's reputation stood on their, their, their own ex example of holiness and piety. The Vatican didn't need to do anything. So, anyhow, I don't necessarily know why I had to go off on that tangent about Mother Teresa. But my, what I'm trying to say is, is um, like I said, it's just this, this episode is a little mix, a little mix about um, being judgmental, a little mix about how divine providence affects individual human beings and um, how we are given the we are granted the the gifts and the graces that we are given for a specific purpose that whatever ends God's divine providence wants us, you know, he, he gives us the graces and the gifts necessary to do that. Anyhow, I really appreciate you uh, listening. I pray for all of you. I hope and pray that you got something out of this. That's another thing I've been forgetting to say. And I hope and, uh, I, uh, I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. You take everything with what I'm saying for what it's worth. So, um, and I pray for everyone. So, so in closing, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and patience. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.